Hi, my name is Marissa Klein. I'm the founder of Choice Fashion and Media and co-host of the career inspiration podcast, The Dreamcatchers. And I am Jamie Stozer, the other co-host of The Dreamcatchers and the VP of Fashion and Media at Choice Associates. Up next is a special edition of The Dreamcatchers. We've curated our favorite dreamers and doers for an inspirational conversation. Thanks for joining us and hope you enjoy. Great. Welcome, everyone. I'm Jamie, who she just tossed it to. We practiced that. Um, <laughs> I am Jamie Stozer. I'm one half of the Dreamcatchers. Welcome. I'm so happy you all are here tonight. This is so awesome. Um, my sister down there, Marissa, is my partner. Hi, everybody. Co-founder of the Dreamcatchers. We are a career and brand identity consulting firm based in Monmouth County and a lot of the times at Bellworks. And we're thrilled to be here tonight to moderate this incredible panel with all these amazing women who do incredible things that, as we like to say, have caught their dreams. Um, Marissa, do you have anything to add to that before we get started? I am excited to be part of something where the room is full of talented, impressive women, and I don't even know each of your stories, but I know that they would amaze me. And I'm thankful to Paola and Brooke for always coming up with such great ideas for me to be part of. And the women on our panel tonight are awesome. And uh, Paola, I wanted to personally congratulate you in front of our New Jersey audience after having done a similar panel in Chicago, Bellwork Chicago last week. We had the good fortune of being flown out there to be part of Bellwork Chicago. And let me tell you something, Paola, and Brooke and her team made a place in the middle of Hoffman Estates, Illinois, look like the sexiest building I've ever seen. <laughs> and That's I'm truly honored to be close to her brilliance. So thank you, Thank Paola. you. Thank you. So actually, Paola, just to kick it off for a moment, first of all, this is my first time in this art space. I love it. It's, congratulations on this as well. And I echo my sister's sentiment. And when I say, you know, this building keeps just surprising me. Every time I'm here, I'm like, I've never been in this room before. How cool is this? Uh, it's just incredible here. And we're just so thrilled to be here with our friend Ming doing all of our sound from a shared universe, which is right next door. Um, and just want to welcome everybody. So while we get started, I just wanted to say... We have our podcast, it's called The Dream Catchers, and we interview mostly women, not all, but today we're women, about um, what they do and how they got there and why they do it. And we find it really inspirational for career changers, new grads, young people, moms looking to return to work, and everyone in between to hear other women that are doing incredible things, that either caught a dream, they're chasing a dream, or somewhere in between. So... To start, I wanted to have everyone go ahead and introduce themselves to the audience. Um, just tell us who you are, where you work now, um, a little bit about you, and then we'll unpack the rest. So just a quick elevator speech of who you are and where you work and just a little bit about you. We can start here. I am Erin Corcoran. I work at iSIMS right across the way. I've been there for six years now. So I was in Bellworks before it was even open. I remember when it looked like a little bit of a prison. Um, <laughs> it's much better now. Um, I currently live in Jersey City um, and I have two cats, Lucy and Lily. They're going to be 16 soon. 
And uh, yeah, I'm a senior manager of professional services at iSIMS. So what does that mean for our layman audience members? So my team is responsible for, I have two teams specifically, one team that implements our career sites and our CRM, which are two products that we have, and then another team of developers who helps build those. So incredible, amazing. All right, next. Hello, so I'm Jacquees Walton. So I work here on the third floor at Atrium. So we are a woman-owned uh, talent management firm. Um, so we've I've actually been with Atrium since 2016. Um, and then I actually left and boomerang back just a year ago um, to fulfill this new role they created as a supplier diversity and business development manager, um, which is where I kind of bring in diverse suppliers to our network, um, as well as connect us to new business as well. So it's kind of like a cool double-handed role that I do there. Amazing. Love it. Paula, go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't or... know her. <laughs> I'm Paola. Hi, everybody. I'm Paola Samudio. I'm the owner of NPC Studio Plus. Um, we are the creative firm behind Bellworks. Um, I started on the project eight years ago. I walk into this building when it was empty and there was no soul here. <laughs> and uh, as a designer, my my the brief that I got is to bring people back into this building and the way that I thought is through community, through design, through creating beautiful spaces, but spaces that inspire. And that's what we have been doing all these years. Now we're doing Bubble Chicagoland and it's a combination of, of design, but also doing this, creating moments, inspiring people, collaborating with artists, with design, other designers, architects, musicians. We do it all, and I'm very proud uh, because, especially for this event, the International Women's Day, we did our first one five years ago, I remember, and uh, for me it was a goal to have kind of like this platform to invite other women that inspire me because I feel like as women, especially entrepreneurs like myself, we're very, we're like in a lonely world in a way. And to see other women that inspire to me, that's the best thing. And I also feel like that's how you make the table bigger. That's how you bring more people into the table. And that's what I, what I want. Inclusivity, diversity, people like me. I'm, I'm an immigrant. I'm a Latina. So to be in the position that I am right now, I hope I'm inspired other people to do what they love. And she's wearing a great jacket. Wonderful jacket <laughs> that she bought at Bellworks, right? Um, and um, as, <laughs> as Ralph Zucker said, what other office building can you buy a cool jacket across the, at the way? At the farmer's market. At the, at the farmer's, farmer's market. market. And then wear it at the panel. I love it. She's Thank one you. of a kind. You can't follow that. But, um, I was actually at that first International Women's Day five years ago. So I, too, have been at Bellworks for a while. I actually going on seven years, I think. Um, yeah. I, it was a construction zone. I um, worked for a company called Vidya. And uh, the founder of that company asked me to meet him at this place called Bellworks. And uh, it was a construction zone. And I remember walking in and the floor was lit up underneath us, though. And that was like the sparkle of like hope and opportunity before he even said anything. And he was telling me about this little startup that he was trying to like really scale up and, you know, was trying to talk to how I could be help him build this company into something. So um, that was almost seven years ago. And the news dropped days ago, late last week, that we were successfully acquired um, uh, to a amazing media company um, in California. And so 
as of last week, I was the COO of Vidya, and um, he told me last week that I will be escalated to co-president. Yeah! I mean, is there a better announcement in honor of International Women's Day than our very own? Did you say your name, by the way? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Jenna. Jenna she, Gaudio. She's like, I'm the co-president. It doesn't but my matter. Name, my name doesn't matter. I go by Madam President now. No, I'm Madam, just Madam President. President. They, it's a joke. Yeah. We'll just call of, you that. All my coworkers are making fun I'm of me. I'm actually going to use that for the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. It's a good way to just like, you know. Keep it tendons. real. Yeah, keep yeah. it real. It doesn't always have to be so stressful. Like, it's really great to see that you can have the support of employees, my colleagues, the executive team, this community. Um, I, you know, have been progressed through the company over the seven years um, to the ranks, and it was a journey, you know, and it, it's not linear by any means. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed how Bellworks has played, like, a really important role, the community especially. Um, and, you know, I'm just really happy to be here. And I, I want to add something to that, if you don't mind. Of I course. remember the first space I designed here was the cafe area, that cafe under the string lights, and there was nothing else. It was just that, and it was... Roy, I think, sitting on a laptop, on a table with a laptop, and now to see the progress, and you move to an office, and then to a bigger office, and now you're... Now we have two offices here. And that's amazing, so that makes me really happy. So. I'm sure it's all Madam President's doing. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's always a team effort, always. I love it. I, I want to say, just as a quick aside for Jamie and I, um, if you didn't catch this at the beginning, we are career strategists, branding experts. That's what we do. We have run, we've worked in staffing for, I mean, for me, it's almost 20 years. I know that makes it hard for you to imagine the math that you have to do for me. Um, but Jamie's only been working with me for 12 years, so that makes her a little bit younger. Um, but with that said, here's a panel of women and what I loved hearing, okay? Six years, 2016 and returned back to her company and seven years. So guess what? Loyalty is rewarded on this panel. And so sometimes we think that loyalty is no longer trendy. Yeah. But I would beg to differ with the examples that we're sitting here. Loyalty is trendy as far as these women go. Right? Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think, you know, for those of you that don't know what true staffing is, which obviously my atrium friend can explain, um, it's a super sexy world. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a, it's a nail-biting uh, industry. It's a male-dominant industry, let's be fair. We, my sister and I worked for our dad for many years. He's owned our firm or did own our firm for 47 years. And we're headhunters, recruiters, um, HR experts, if you want to call it that. So career and resumes and how to get jobs and looking for jobs is our bread and butter. And I think that 100%, and I came from corporate HR before this, to see women that have been in their jobs for so long, or even Paula, who started her own thing and have been doing it and growing it and changing it and hustling, it's just, it's really inspirational for me. And as you said, as an entrepreneur, I, I'm not surrounded necessarily by this all the time. So it's really nice to be here for myself. So thanks for having me. Um, so our first question is always the same on our episodes of our podcast, which we're closing in on 80 episodes, thanks to Ming. Um, shameless plug. There are uh, some people in the audience that have been on our there podcast. Has, there are some audience members that have been on the podcast and others that we'd like to have as guests that keep saying no, but we'll keep hounding them. Um, is about dreaming, because really that's what we're all here to talk about tonight is dreaming big and being a woman and catching and chasing a dream. So 
what is, we don't have to go in order, by the way, your earliest memory of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Because by the way, some of the folks that designed this space tonight, right, are maybe budding artists and dreamers and thinking about what maybe they want to be when they grow up. Um, and we find it fascinating to hear these answers and then try to correlate them with what you're doing now. So no, no pressure on who starts. Does anybody remember clearly what they wanted to be when they grew up? Yeah. I knew Erin was going to go first. I could just feel it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I wanted to be a teacher like my whole life. Um, and I started school being a secondary ed major, um, with math as my second major, which took me right out. I immediately was like, no, nope, not what I wanted. Listen, if it had anything to do with the fifth grade math I had to do before I came here. Yeah. yeah. I don't want any of this theoretical no stuff. No, thank you. <laughs> so I knew I wanted to do something with math. So I became a finance major with an accounting minor. And now I work at a SaaS company here in Bellworks using none of my degree, um, which I think is pretty normal for a lot yes. of millennials, right? Uh-huh. Like I feel like you think you know what you want and then you don't. Um, I started wanting to do be a teacher, but I only wanted to teach math. So then later on, I kind of just needed to get a job out of college because I graduated in 2011. And if any of you are out there that were looking for a job during that time, it wasn't great. Um, so I kind of just took what I could get. And that was at an HVAC company in a business development program. And then suddenly I had some Sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> HVAC. We were like, I mean, I was I dealing mean, with like- if it weren't for HVAC, where would we be? It, well, true. But also true. I had to talk to like residential customers every day. I'm so. sure. And they're so kind and patient. Sure. Speaking and- for no one, <laughs> not referring to myself. Yeah. I mean, not having heat in the snow is yeah. not great. It's not great. So, um, after five years, I was pretty burnt out and I came here and it was just sort of a, a change that I didn't know I wanted. And then I went into, I was working for tech support, which is early career. And it kind of fed that teaching part of my, of my desire was to kind of teach people how to be in a professional workspace and to be able to have a personal brand that um, you want like executives or, or leadership to be aware of. Um, so that was really, and then from there, it just kind of, it wasn't a straight line. Like you said, it was very all over the place. Most things are not a straight line. I absolutely love your share. And what I think is very unique about you other than your tights is (laughs) most people, I do love your tights. Sorry. It was the Negroni. I have tons of personality. Um, most people who want to be a teacher, end up being a teacher or teaching. Yes. So, so inherently the fact that you went off path and then found yourself back in a similar path, but it feels different is not surprising to me at all. Um, and just so for the layman, I Sims and SAS. Okay. So let's do that for people that don't know what that means. Yeah. So SAS is software as a service. So it's tech, it's a tech company where basically it's not hardware. It's just in the cloud somewhere. I'm not techie. (laughs) I manage tech people and I still don't get a lot of it, but basically it's just a software as a service is what SAS is. We're an HR software. So basically people like me in staffing or people like the, 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 the staff that she works with at Atrium would be looking for candidates that have experience using iSIMS as a platform. And in layman's terms, that's a sophisticated niche 
way to track people instead of saying that you're very good at using Excel. Okay, mm -hmm. but iSIMS is a huge, huge program that's used in tremendous amount of organizations. Also, and when there you are bases here, when you are a recruiter and your client uses iSIMS, yeah. you have to upload resumes for their review into an iSIMS system, which is yeah. my truth. And it it's, doesn't make staffing easier all the time. Not always, but it, it does. Better. You know, it's. It makes it better for sure. Like when I'm, instead of emailing a resume to a client, I can just upload it into an iSIM software or something like it. And then they're able to see it in the way that they want to see it. They see the person's name, email address, whatever the case may be at like a glance. So, so it's a technology. invest in a company like iSIMS so that their programs and stuff look a certain way on their computer. And she's helping to manage the people that sell that. Or program it. Yes, correct. Got it. That makes look sense, us, right? Look at us defining. Look at, look very at us defining items. You guys did it better than I did, so thank you. <laughs> Anybody else remember what they wanted to be when they grew up? We've I, given you some time to think. Um, I definitely remember. I wanted to really be like this actress, singer. Like when I was young, I was like that kid that you come in the house. I'm like full out in performance mode of like Greece or Chicago. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Cicero. Start like, don't get me started. By the I way, do, Jamie and I'll whip out by the way, song right now. Just be careful, because I have a mic. I Okay, like, I will be right behind you. I am known in the office as still doing the same thing. Yeah, same. Um, never grown out of it. Um, but I really had always had that passion for like performing. But when I was younger, I wasn't, I was like pretty shy, which shocks people because you would not think that now if you knew me, um, because I'm very outgoing, very outspoken, all of those things. But when I was younger, I was just very timid, speak to when I was spoken to, like, so it was very hard for me to just get up and do those types of things. Um, so I ended up, you know, just going to college. For me, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I feel like, you know, they put this pressure on you mm -hmm. to find your major and you don't even know yourself. Like, I don't know what I want to do at 19, 18. So I kind of just found a career that, number one, didn't involve math because I knew automatically that was going to fail well, me. I think, not to interrupt <laughs> you, but that's often what happens is people decide, okay, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to do math, which, by the way, two of us now have said that. <laughs> three. Uh, three. And then you kind of figure out the things that are maybe available to you that maybe don't involve math. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I like people. I knew I always liked people. I'm always was able to get along with everyone. So I was like, maybe I'll do something in criminal justice. I was like, I'm always watching crime shows. You know, you're just mm -hmm. in your thoughts. Like, I think I can go into like forensics or criminology or something like that. So I went for criminal justice. And of course, same story, you come out of college, can't find a job. I graduated 2012. So I started working kind of HR for um, Marshalls. And I really- I do, I do spend a lot of time in Marshalls. I do love a TJ. I mean, moment. let me tell you, most of my paycheck went back into Marshalls. Um, so not really the best. And it was a dual, it was a Marshalls home goods. So even forget better. about it. Oh Look out. Um, <laughs> so even better, it, you know, awful for me, but you know, so, um, from there, then when I, you know, I loved what I was doing there, but for me, it was like, okay, well, I like this, but let's think a little bigger. Like, I don't want to stay here. So retail I, is hard too when you're doing HR for retail. Yeah. 
you know, the Marshalls crowd, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is it's a it's a difficult crowd. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you definitely had to hone in on your personable skills there. <laughs> um, so I actually left there and I was like kind of waitressing. And then I actually um, got a, a job at Atrium through a recruiter who was looking for me work. But she was like, I think you would fit in here. Um, so I actually started working internally with Atrium, just running um, an account um, team that had just came in um, for a new account. So I wasn't on the traditional staffing side, thank God. That was never for me. Um, I'm not that headhunter person. Uh, I'm more of that HR, let me walk If you, you had through. come into my office. <laughs> I'm just we saying, I know, I know what I could have done with you. <laughs> I think they were they were trying. I bet they were. They were. But I Most was like, people that end up in staffing came in for an innocent interview, yeah. and next thing you know, we're working for the company. Wink, wink. I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. Um, put me in front of a screen. I love paperwork. I love to review. Great. Um, so, yeah, I kind of got into that field. And then even when I was sitting there, I was like, okay, I get to kind of talk to people, but I'm mainly just not talking to anyone. And I like to talk, like that's my thing, you know? So then I started to just really strategize about what else I wanted. And I kind of, that's how this new role kind of unfolded for me, so. You know, I love this because our second question is typically about your aha moment, which I'll get down the line in a second. And I think what we've already even heard here is some of our aha moments, right? So when you're searching for something, whether it's your career or something new in your life, new inspiration, we're always kind of looking for these aha moments or like circumstances to turn a light bulb on. And I think what these women are sharing is that experience and time and patience and perseverance help them to reach those aha moments. Sometimes that happens sooner for people. Sometimes it's going out on your own, like Paola. Sometimes it's circumstantial where you're like, I need to like talk to people like this is not or moving from Philadelphia to New Jersey or whatever the case may be. You're like, I, you know, and whether it's leaning on others, which it sounds like a lot of us do or finding inspiration elsewhere, we need to lean in to these aha moments when our gut is telling us to do something. It usually means we should try to do it. Um, she gets it. She's been on the panel before. She understands. Um, you know, and it's and it's hard. And like that's what Marissa and I specialize in is when people are kind of struggling and know they need to do something, but they can't figure out how to get there. That's what we coach. So I love all of this because it it really just we didn't even ask the question, and you're already, you know, picking up what we're putting down, which is the dream when you were a kid and how that turns into the aha moment typically does connect. Um, just knowing that innate little girl, like, this is not like I wanted to perform. I wanted to be in front of people. I wanted to engage with people, inspire people. And if you don't feel like you're getting that at work, how do you find it? You know? Right, because it doesn't go away. Yeah, it doesn't. That and little girl's that, voice is still going to be there. It doesn't yeah. go away. So it's I wanted to be a performer down. too. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> uh, duh. Um, so I get you, girl. Anyway. Are we doing aha moments? Or yes. Doing- no, just what you wanted to be when you grew up. But you, if you decide to talk about your aha moment, obviously, that's part of it. I, I would have to agree. I mean, I think going back to the teacher and actress thing, I think I had a very similar story because I really think, especially as women, you're like, at least when you're young, 
you're limited to what you can see and, mm -hmm. and what you're like told that you're going to be good at. You know, you're going to be good at being a mom, which is like mm -hmm. a very important job. You're going to be good at being a teacher. You're going to be good at being a nurse. And you see actresses all the time. So I as well was like, I'm going to be an actress. You know, okay. I'm going to be a storyteller. I'm going to entertain. I'm going to educate. Um, and I thought that that was like definitively what I wanted to do. I went all in on it. I read books. I was my major in college because I was sure. And um, at least the first semester. And um, when I went to college, actually, I like wandered into the TV and film studio. And I like that is kind of the first time I ever learned that there are other people other than the actresses that like make the movie. And like, you know, they don't get to write the story. They don't get to do the directing. They don't get to come up with the cinematography or edit it all together or like distribute it worldwide. Like they get told what to do. <laughs> Yeah. And I, as much as I think that like that is an art in its own, like I was so interested in how the whole thing worked together. You um, liked telling people what to do, Madam President. <laughs> Madam President. I, yeah, I probably better than being told what to do, I guess. And so, you know, going to college opened up my eyes to like other opportunities that I did not know existed. I, I remember sitting down at the technical board um, where I could push all the buttons and the director could tell you what needed to happen next. And I got to be the one to push that button. I was like, this is such a cool job. And I felt that way about like every job in the whole ecosystem. So then I realized like, I don't even know what's out there. Um, and that's when I really realized that like representation is like the most important thing of being able to see yourself in a position before you get that position. And so I switched my major to communication, which I actually think I still use to this day. Uh, one of the most valuable like major uh, decisions I think I made and then I minored in film, um, which like, continued to teach me and educate me about the industry further outside just being an actress. And I took script writing classes, I took directing classes, um, and I had to work within teams. And I think that really kind of set me on a path to figure out what I liked. And then the same way the other woman talked about their journey is, you know, I took a job in New York City to be on an editing firm and worked at a really cool productions, but I didn't like the fact that it was so unstable. Like I didn't know what my next gig was and like I didn't know what was going on. I was also bartending at TGI Fridays, my friend here. And so I I bartended at TGI Fridays. Okay. All right. We got a theme here. We cracked the code everybody. I did bar comp and everything. Yes. Yeah. Flair champion over here. Um, but yeah, so you're doing all these things and like, I liked working at TGI Fridays. I love those tests we had to take. I love some good potato skins. team leader, you know, and those were things I figured out. And, you know, then I was like, okay, so I edited and I realized I wanted something a little more stable. So I then joined uh, a government job. Actually, I moved Fort Monmouth down to Aberdeen in Maryland. And that was, um, great Whoa. except for the fact that they like, had my like 10 years planned out for me at like 20 and you're like, okay, I don't want to be that stable. And so <laughs> I, I pivoted. You're like, actually, I wanted to be an actress, like back up. <laughs> I did. I, I wanted to get into a more creative and technical field. And so I got into media tech startups and that was a wild world. Um, and I, it's the same kind of ecosystem all over again. I started at the bottom. I convinced somebody to let me be an office manager. And that meant I got a window seat to the CEO and how he operated the company. And I learned that so well that he gave me the keys to run my own department. And then I helped other departments. And then I helped that company get acquired, which is how I met the founder of the company I'm currently working and said, I'm trying to do something similar and you seem to be successful here. Could you maybe help me with that? And I said, no thanks, I'm taking a fancy job in the city. <laughs> yeah. 
And so I worked at a big corporation in the city for about a year before he followed up again. He said, are you sure? And I said, I'll come take a look at Bellworks. And um, you know, I've been there seven years and every year and a half, I've been able to change my job. I started out the Hez Marketing uh, because it needed brand help and recruiting help and figuring that out. And then we needed to build a better product. So I moved over to VP of product and then we needed to scale up the whole company. And so I moved into a chief operating role where I oversaw product and marketing and people, which I love. And um, now I get to work with the executives and build like a really smart executive team of leaders that oversee those teams and work with a lot of stakeholders to essentially make a movie, you know, like make something really magical. And at the end of the day, like, I feel like I'm an actress every day because no one would believe, none of my college friends would believe that this is the job I landed at if I told them that this is what I was gonna do 15 years later. Well, if I have not curated a hashtag for tonight, I'm going to do it right now. Girl crush. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, these women are in insanely amazing. I've just been hanging on every word from every person. So I couldn't agree more. I really. I feel so identified with everybody's story because I also wanted to be in criminal justice. Actually, an FBI agent. At, yeah. <laughs> We joked. We joked when she said that last week. We're like, are uh, you? Are you an FBI agent? I'm like you would never know. And like you're like beard is Bellworks. Like what's happening? And I also wanted to be in musical theater, an actress. And there's so many layers of lives. And I also work as a as a waitress and at a club. So I, I think all these skills come into. They do. They do. And then like college and experiences. And I graduated also in a moment that. When I graduated my, my degree, communications, I didn't get a job in that. But my first job was at a small interior design firm as the show the showroom manager. Yep. And, and that showed me like, oh, I loved interior design. And that pushed me to go into my next learning experience, which was coming to New York, FIT, this and that. So I think we all go into these moments that you, you know, you don't, you never know. And I think we can all hear and feel the same sitting in the audience. Life is a journey, right? So you start somewhere and the chapters that you're reading, one of the things I wanted to say about the aha moment that I think is super important for anyone that is either in a new one or thinking about how they need a new one. Sometimes the aha moment is a rear view mirror moment. Right? So it doesn't always happen while you're paying attention to it. It happens in what I call hindsight. Or crying at rock bottom. <laughs> crying at rock bottom is not something that we talk about out loud on the panel, but definitely something we're all guilty of. <laughs> Maybe a little bit this morning. It's fine. Not looking at me. Uh, but it is true that sometimes when you're in your struggle, your struggle is actually what's contributing to your rise. So anyway, look, I'm really, really inspired by all of you. I agree. And, you know, as most of you obviously know, this is International Women's Month. It is, you know, International Women's Day was last week. Um, I did some research before we went to Chicago because we interviewed a similar panel out there about the theme of this year's International Women's Day, which is Embrace Equity, which every year the group behind International Women's Day comes up with a theme and I, I wanted to take a moment to give a little bit of a nod to this theme of what embrace equity means to all of us, right? So obviously it means what it means, which is to embrace, be, you know, equality for women in our industry. But like, obviously we all probably have a similar story. Marissa and I joked about it earlier. We work in a very male heavy industry. 
um, working for a family business run by a really old school guy who we love. Thank you, daddy. Um, he never watches, but if he watched, we love you. Um, or if he listened, listened. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I wanted to ask each of you or any of you, um, if you have any thoughts on equity in your industry and what that means to you and how that has looked for your career journey. Anybody have a thought? Yeah, I can start. So I work in tech, obviously male dominated. I work in music, also male dominated. I'm pretty sure like everyone, maybe not interior design, but maybe. Um, I I feel like equity is like a very important conversation to have. And it's a very hard conversation to have. and I think it's because it's it's not, there's no manual or like clear guidelines on like how we get there or what the like actual tangible problems are. But I think a big piece of it is, um, it, from my perspective, men got a head start. You know, there's a boys club and it's not a, that's not a bad or wrong thing. It's just the truth. There's this generational understanding of how to succeed in business, how to build a network, how to get funding and do all these things. And women are late to the game and they have like that broken rung of like building families and having to be the leader in other aspects of your life that isn't necessarily your career. And so how do you solve those problems is a very tricky question and one that people avoid a lot. And I think a big part of like figuring out how to get to that equity is having those very uncomfortable conversations a lot with men, um, especially because those are the ones, those are the people that are at the top. So I always say to my current boss, um, you know, I pick, his name is Roy. I say I pick my Roy's very carefully because they inform like my happiness, my success, my upward mobility. And I like need you to know that. And you know, a big part of why I'm I'm successful is because he's been willing to have these hard conversations with me for seven years in the early messy middle days where we were still trying to figure it out till now where we've kind of been through a lot together. And so there's this understanding of like how we're going to navigate this conversation and that we both bring it um, really like like strong intentionality to like wanting the best for each other and the company and the team and that it's out of uh, uh, a desire for opportunity for all involved. And I think that leads to really good outcomes. But the thing that I see in mentoring other women and men um, is just the the very difficulty of having that conversation. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just, I say it over and over again, is, is just like have those conversations because if you don't tell people how you feel and what you want, you can't expect them to know. I agree. And I will say, you know, even the the conversations are one thing, but even pointing out the things that are kind of legacy that kind of lean towards that male dominate. I had a conversation with a coworker the other day who didn't know how to handle something. And they had mentioned that someone um, in our company had said, you know, you're being too emotional about this, which First of all, if you're making major decisions, there should be some emotion behind those decisions. That's not a female thing. That's not a... I just got defensive for that person. Right? <laughs> like, I was my, just, like, I, where I, is he? I went into fight or flight, like, well, immediately. Can the hall right now? Because I'm... Excuse me one moment. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I had to be like, don't tell me who it is, please, because, like, I'm, that's going to be a whole thing for A whole for other me, thing, right? So... <laughs> you're, I think still, you're still tripping him, like, <laughs> like, three months later. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's just even little things like that where something as simple as, like, a sports metaphor or... Something along those lines where it seems pretty normal and day to day, but you can't expect everyone to just understand what you're saying, right? Just because football is huge doesn't mean I know what that 
analogy is, right? So why aren't you, we should bring a lot of perspectives together to get the right understanding. I know we actually just a couple of years ago started really getting into employee resource groups. Um, and I helped start our Pride Plus resource group and we have a women in tech and things like that. And I really do think that's a, a big way for people to feel comfortable expressing their concerns with how the organization is going. And then the leaders get to kind of be the voice of those people when they're not feeling comfortable. And not to mention the work that you're doing in-house actually helps people outside in the world. Because in all fairness, and I'll go on record, there are a lot of men that are actually terrific. In fact, most of them are terrific. Yes. My husband jokes all the time. He's like, I guess I'm never going to get an international white man's day. And I said, no, honey, you're not. But he's a great guy and a great mentor and a great leader. But I said to him, I think the truth is, is, is those that are great but are still complicit, right? We need to teach how not to be complicit. Women too, all of us, because even some, even sometimes we don't even recognize that we're, we're culturally trained to be complicit and or not speak up to saying, hey, guess what? I don't like throwing around the word emotional in a way that is female based. I agree. Because guess what? I'm emotional and I immediately am defensive by that and have been told that several times in my career. And all I want to do is react in a very non-professional way. In a very emotional a, way. Yes. <laughs> emotional type of emotion. and not professional. But the thing to, to say is like, and the perspective that's lost is because everyone has their own perspective. You only have your own lens, right? Of course. So I have worked for many men, most of them good, some of them not so good. But in the emotional like conversation, like I too am emotional, especially in my younger management days when everything just felt like really high stakes and like just really personal. Um, like I would cry in the office like all the time and um, not all the time, but like, <laughs> like enough, <laughs> a regular Same. amount. Um, and you know, the but like a lot <laughs> in talking with my, my boss, like he would say like, it's okay to be emotional, but you, if you are going to be a rising leader, you are going to need to learn how to channel those emotions because you're going to have other people looking to you for stability and things like that. So like, let's figure out how we can communicate. And he helped me and coached me not say you can't be emotional, but he, he mentored me into a way that allowed me to have more composure and more gravitas. That is the only reason I've been able to elevate into this position. But he never once said, like, you're too emotional and you'll never succeed because of it or I'm not going to deal with you, you know? Yeah. It's seven years later and he's still dealing with me. So the truth is, like, again, picking your boss is, like, really, really important to your upward mobility. But two, like, making sure that you both kind of land in we a place you, of, like, what is, like the, Roy. Yeah, what is what is the end goal? Everyone here? loves Roy. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> it's our show. Madam, Madam President. Yeah, I just even want to even bring it a little further. For me, working for a woman-owned firm, um, it wasn't so much the gender equity that I had to advocate for. It was more even seeing more women of color in yep. these higher positions. For most of these companies, you look at your leadership, there may be women in leadership, but a lot of them are not women of color. So for me, it was all about pushing forward that gender, I mean, that, you know, putting in, you know, women of color in positions and showing like, look, you, 
we can, we're, we're here, you know, and we bring a lot to the table and we're, and we bring a lot of different ideas and flavor and, and all these things that we're innovative. And, you know, so I think having those voices and I always say, you know, I always was that loud mouth in the office because I'm like very matter of factly like, yeah, I know we're all women here, but, uh, <laughs> See, but I like that you're taking it up a notch, right? You got problem one. Yeah. Problem one, and you're sitting there like, okay, but here's like problem yeah. two to seven. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. look, you know, let's raise this up a notch. So I had to kind of be that voice, and I'm very appreciative because I had a company who was able to sit and listen and willing to learn and, and hear me out. And I'm very proud of what we're doing now in our DEI initiatives. And we also just launched our ERGs. Our, um, we have PRISM for our pride um, group. And I uh, just established our build group for our um, BIPOC. And it's just a really great, you know, community because, you know, although we're still growing, I've seen so much growth within the past couple of years. And it's just through, sometimes, you know, like you said, you have to have those conversations. They're difficult. You know, you're kind of scared of what the reaction may be. And not all reactions are going to be good because everybody doesn't want to hear that. <laughs> you know, everybody's minds and hearts aren't aligned to what you want them to be. But sometimes you have to present it in a way that it touches someone so that they can understand. And so, you know, that that's just like another aspect of of that. Yeah. And I think that's really important to 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 highlight. And and I also want to just say, you know, when it comes to career and building something, whether your career or your business you know, these conversations can be very uncomfortable, but obviously, as you can see, we did not meet any of these people before tonight. Paula and Brooke curated this panel for us, and we stepped into this amazing light here um, that there's people you can lean on. You can ask questions. You can reach out to people. Like, I remember I, was, I leaned on you one time. Remember yeah, I, like, I, I reached out to you? Yeah. yeah. Like, I need help, or like, I work at Bellworks too, or like, I was at that panel and I have a question. Like, I don't want to speak on all of it. Like, you know, as our DMs get inundated. Yes, actually. How do we like make this more? Because I feel like me as a, as a person, like I always feel isolated, with the exception of maybe Paula and Brooklyn and stuff. Like I feel like I don't know who to ask. Yes, there's a panel today. But like how do we make that more? Like how do we support each other more, right? Because like I literally if I knew who to ask to be there, I would be there for them. Ooh, Paula, a new adventure. What? This That's is a, a new adventure question, right? for Bellworks. Like, yeah, it's like a, there's like a room of like very big people here. I mean, yeah. Like, like seeing these amazing women, but like they didn't hear what just, they just said. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So like, I know that I can go to Jeff Pickus or like anybody else, Jenna or, or yeah. Jamie or anyone, right? Like a group. Or, yeah. Sounds like we need some employee resource groups here at Bellworks. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hear you, and what you don't know, but I know you know things, like I know things, I remember. I have been playing with this idea and wanting to talk to Paula about it myself. But Shall we do it on air? No, we will not do it on air, but you are correct. Yes. You are correct. But the truth is, is I think literally you have a good point. 
But figuratively, I think we all need to have innate courage to knock on doors and use our voices. I mean, you look at these women, if you roll up to Erin at, at, you know, at Jersey Freeze, she's gonna, I'll she's gonna, she'll be welcoming. <laughs> Right, you're the kind of person that is comfortable. Got it. Yeah, no, I think that you have a hundred, you 100% have a point. And no, you're doing great. And we're, first of all, and we are going to have more Q&A at the end. And I want to hold your question for a second, but I, I do 100% agree with you. And it's something that Marissa and I have thought about just as people that do what we do, that Bellworks has now become this incredible, robust place of all sorts of women and men, but people who do incredible things and like who's who and who can I ask and who can I lean on and I think that that's a really good point and we can absolutely revisit that like so again I I have been in the Bellworks realm since it opened like literally I'm pretty sure I was the first black painter I think so I feel like I have some kind of grasp on the building what about people like don't know don't know anything don't know a person have never stepped foot in here but they have so much to give, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, that's a great. Question. I at one point was that person, but I was I was put here for a different reason. Like there was like other people that got me here, and I didn't come here on my own. Like I didn't I didn't just show up to Bellworks. Like I was in a transitional period, and I worked at another company. Like mm-hmm. the company happened to be trying to like get business from Bellworks. I got in. Yeah. There's so many many people who have so much to offer, mm-hmm. but they might not. No. Yeah. No, and and I would love to, you know, Jalen, I, I know you for a few years. And one of the reasons we do this is because we're all so busy in a way. And these are the opportunities to kind of like connect. And for me, it's all about connecting the dots. That's the whole Bowers idea. And even though I don't see everybody every day or I know what Jen is doing somehow, I know what everybody's like, uh, we'll keep an eye. It's a community, and we, that's the beauty of it. Like, we're building it, we're connecting. But um, to go back just to the question of the equity, this is what I mean. Because for me, as a woman, having starting my business and being the only person in the room that looks like me or something, it was really hard, too. I felt very, very isolated. So one of the reasons I started conversations like this. It's because I feel inspired by these moments. And then I, it keeps me going. It keeps me getting inspired. So it is, it is a process. I think we're yeah. getting, you know, in a, in a way, like I feel so, I have like friends all over, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think what's a good point to, to, because it's, I want to leave some time for questions and answers because I think it's important mm-hmm. to make this a conversation. So in the interest of time, one of the things that we like to ask our guests is speaking to equity and feeling inspired. And, you know, I have lots of thoughts about these questions because, you know, if you are one that needs resources and help, then you should be coming to these events, mm-hmm. right? So that's me, you know, saying like, well, then get your butt here, you know, mm-hmm. if you need to talk to Erin. Um, so that said, there's two things I want to wrap with. One is... Everyone needs to talk to Erin? Every Yeah. Everyone. As no. a previous introvert, that's yes. fine. <laughs> that's gone. So I want to say, I want to say a couple of things. One, I think I could probably guess what they are, but I really do think it's important that 
whether or not you're looking for a new career or figuring out what's next for you in general in life, we all have a superpower and we all have something that we can give to the world that other people don't. And so I wanted to allow each of us to share what you feel your superpower is, one. And then two, I guess in tandem with that is if you have a piece of advice for the lost soul out there or for anyone who's listening in general, why you came here, what brought you here, all of it, um, you know, what is that advice? So you could take either question. You can decide, do you want to answer the superpower or the advice piece? Um, but I think what's important for us as women to share with our listeners today is each of us has a light. We're just figuring out how to shine it. That's one to quote my dear friend Tootsie, who's our yoga guru that we see, you know, we are each here to share something. And by here, it's not just tonight in general. Um, and then what is that advice that you can then say to somebody like you also can find your light and share it with others. So does anybody have any thoughts on superpowers? Um, I think my superpower is really just my communication. Yeah. Being able to communicate with people, being able to connect with people and creating that level of comfortability with them. Um, for me, it's always been very easy to make new friends. Like I'll just go out and I'll just start talking to people. Yeah. And I'm like, and most other people are like, you have so many friends. And it's just because like, I just go places and I just talk. And at first I used to think like, and I would really dive into like people's lives, you know, just getting to know them. And at first I'm like, I don't know if I'm just like really nosy or <laughs> what it is, but then it's just really became, my superpower was, I wanted to really learn about people's backgrounds mm -hmm. and where they came from and their upbringings and their life. Because what people don't realize is everybody sitting at the table with you are so different and their upbringings, upbringings are so different. So their responses to you may not be what you want them to be because of how they were brought up and things of that nature. So I think, you know, learning all these things has really helped me into learning people and communicating with them and just really knowing how to navigate life with that, I think has become, and I really didn't think it was a superpower. I was like, okay, I talk to people. So well, what? by the way, that's really good advice though, to somebody. <laughs> so not to put words in your mouth, but if you're going to turn that into advice, yeah. right? It's leaning into these conversations and uncomfortable. I mean, not that it, this is the same thing as talking to Roy, but leaning into like chit chatting with someone that maybe might feel uncomfortable. You know, that's the basis of networking, right? A lot of people feel, you know, it's daunting. Well, and it's about, not like, natural. Yeah. Like to have like a random conversation with it, someone. It feels uncomfortable. Yeah. I, am, I love what you said. I just, before you answer, Erin, I think you said communication, but you, you, you changed it to comfortability, which by the way, is that a word? I don't know, but I love it. But I love it. I was thinking that I, when I said I, it. I was I, like, I don't know if it's I don't fun. care. I think it's a fabulous word. And by the way, I met you in minute one. Okay. And may I share a secret on the panel? She was nervous. Okay. This one. This one. Miss Comfortability was nervous. And I'm sitting here and looking at you and thinking, you. well, first of all, we know you were born to have a microphone. We know this. But you're a star at making other people feel comfortable. So I, I validate your superpower and I'm proud of you for sharing it. And I'm hoping other people find it as magnetic because truthfully, you're so incredibly endearing. Love. I want to be best Big friends heart. with you from across the room. So, <laughs> and what, what else, what other superpowers do you guys? Well, feel? I was just going to say like, I am 
the exact opposite of that. <laughs> like, like I will, I don't, I don't know if anyone watched me just like walking around this room being like, I don't know anyone here and it's fine and I'm gonna get through it, it'll be okay. Um, so it, it really was like a lot of work for me to get to a point of feeling okay speaking up in groups of people who were either higher up than me or that I didn't know. So even for people who are introverted or who say like, I don't know what to do, I think the best thing for me was we had this mentoring program, right? So finding a mentor who maybe is good at that or um, is in a different role than you and can introduce you to other things helps you in a way that it's not overwhelming to come to like something like this and feel like you need to talk to everyone, but having someone kind of guide you through how to interact with other people and then build your confidence. So I, I that's for me, it's always been really hard with new people to like, my- Again, the theme of leaning on others, right? Um, having a wingman, professional wingman. Yeah, my brain goes blank. Like if you, if we want to have small talk, I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, like we'll get to the weather immediately. Cause I just- By the way, shocking. I don't love small talk either. Um, when we used to commute in, sidebar, when Marissa and I used to commute into the city from Hoboken, I'm the one with the headphones in with my head down. Marissa's like chatting with like the, literally the like, the like driver of the boat. And I'm like, I'm like literally do not talk to me. I need a minute. Like I need to listen to my music. This so, is true actually. Um, and then because we look so much like people, she would have to come up to me and be like, you need to be nicer to people because they think you're me. So, and I'm like, okay, noted. So every time people say hi to me, I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? Like, I'm not Marissa, but hey, you know. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I hear you and I see you because that's a little bit of me, even though it doesn't seem like that today. And I've gotten better at it professionally is that it's not natural for me to just like chit chat with people always. I have a bazillion friends and deep friendships all over the place, but I'm not great at like, like, chatting with the cashier. You know what I'm saying? I'm great at cashier and terrible at deep friendships. <laughs> Anyone wants to unpack Which is my why problems we're in your own night. We're fabulous business partners. Um, anyway, anybody else would like to share? Um, I think my superpower is my intuition. I'm very intuitive. Um, I just know when I know, and that's how I design, that's how I create connections, that's how I collaborate. I really, really just trust my myself. And I think the best decisions I've made is because of, of my intuition, my risk taking also. Um, I think I'm always in that mode of like, you know, I'm an immigrant. So we came here and uh, it was a risk for my family, first of all. So now that's the way that I do my, my things. I'm like, I'm moving to New York. I'm going to a big city. I'm going to open my company. I'm taking risks. But if you don't take those risks, you never know what will happen. So that to me is super important. If you really want to follow that dream or what you really want to do. And also kind of like Jalen, like to tell you the truth, to be, to have that F, F effort, you know, person. No, really. No, sir, be your authentic self because if you're trying to be liked or be um, a prototype of what this is supposed to be or what you're, you're not never going to be yourself or what, or do what you love. So I think to me, that's, that's how I am. I, I just trust myself. I, this is me. This is what I love. This is, I'm prepared. 
I'm on time, but this is what this is me. Like that's it, and 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 that's 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 the best thing. If you're prepared, you're on time, you're you do your work. They have to love you. <laughs> and and so it's, it's so funny because, like, on the flip side of that, like, you know, I have been inspired by your intuition and like how you have like just taken risks with things and just like yes. trusted yourself and your gut. And yes. it's funny because, like, I feel like I'm the opposite of you in some way <laughs> because, like, I think founders to start a company, you go like all in with the, whatever your intuition is. You have these big dreams, right? And it's been amazing to watch you like follow that and like make it a reality. And I feel like you have an amazing team, but you also have the other side of thing. The thing we have in common is like the thing that I think that, you know, my superpower is, is like, I feel like I make the impossible happen. And like a lot of times I work with founders and dreamers that are willing to take the risk, but like don't really know how to take the dream to a reality. Mm -hmm. And I love that challenge. Like I love to have someone be like, I want to do this thing. It sounds crazy. How do we get there? And I'm just so motivated by like someone that's so passionate and has a strong instinct on what like needs to happen or that we have to get to this big picture thing. Um, and I love looking at that big picture, breaking it down, finding the right people, putting the pieces together and getting to the end result. And I feel like you've really done that like with Bellworks twice now. Uh, actually, and I have now had two successful acquisitions of startups. So it's really about just, you know, Cheers to you. <laughs> Cheers. I love this. I love this so much. Mutual love on the panel. And I yes. do want to say, though, I think it's interesting. Like, listen, on this, on this panel alone, you have true yin-yang, right? What makes the world go round? So Jamie and I would function, actually, it depends on the day, but we would function actually the way you just self-described. So my superpower is intuition also, which I'm sure you know. But I, I am sometimes very... Um, I'm a very, very big thinker, but I have a hard time executing the crap. And my sister is amazing at execution. That's what she's, like, I can say to her, I want to do this. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, but how? And she's like, I got it. And literally, we don't have to talk about it, which is also, you know, a sibling thing. But I think you can't, the world is interesting because you have chatty and non-chatty, because you have leaders and executors and partners, because you have engagers and receivers. It would be boring if we were any other way. It's just a matter of recognizing, connecting, leaning in and being open to having those kind of people in your orbit, especially when it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of our favorite conversations, and we can wrap with this so that we can allow for questions if anybody has any, is we do a lot of work with our clients about what we call the dream crush, right? So listen, I don't need to know anybody's background to know that everybody knows what it feels like to have a crush, okay? So we have these conversations because if we can reach, obviously you can see a theme here, we, we reach a lot back into our cobwebs when we do work with people. What did you want to be when you grew up? What's your superpower? Who are you innately? What does it mean and feel like to have a crush? So right now, as Marissa said at the beginning, my dream crush, if I were to crush on a dream job, would be to work for one of these women. Okay? So if, 100%. You, were, if you were sitting in the audience today or you're listening on the podcast or you think about how this could translate in the future to you. This is who you want to fill your bucket and with. And you're like, I Amen. want to figure out a way to work for Vidya. How am I going to do it? Most people don't know what to do to start. Okay. So that's what Marissa and I do to specialize in that. But 
shameless plug aside, I think really leaning in again to, to these crushes and that feeling of like super jazz. I want to work for somebody like you, or I want to work for a company like yours, or this space is inspirational to me. How do I figure out how to work there? You know, I think that that's really the whole goal of this conversation. So what I wanted to do to wrap as our last question is in addition to each other and obviously the dream catchers, do you have a dream crush? Is there a brand, a company, a person that you just have felt has been this beacon for you as you've grown? Um, because I, I like to share it. I think it's cool to like share to our audience, like not, you shouldn't just have a crush on iSims, for example. Like you also should check out this company that's just killing it down the road or whatever the case may be. The other way to, to phrase this question, is there a company even locally that you couldn't live without? Like you just swear by Booster Do Coffee or whatever the case may be. I think it's nice to shine light on these other crushes that we have as women because we need to fill our buckets with these feelings so that we feel inspired to continue to, to grow. So does anybody have a crush that they would like to share? Besides each other, of course. I don't know if it's a specific company or person or what have you, but, um, well, I guess there is a company. I, I feel like I do have a passion for um, social issues, which notoriously doesn't help me pay back my student loans. But um, I like the idea of working for a company that's helping drive, like, awareness of climate change, lowering our, you know, our, our footprint. So there is a company that I love that I just bought some clothes from, Change, C-H-N-G-E. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're this company that like, it's upcycling clothes and they donate to all of these like incredible organizations that I love. And they're just like doing all of the they're work. They're doing all the things. All of the work that I would want to be doing. Um, you know, I think that's also goes into, you know, I'm not anywhere in retail or clothes or anything like that, but... But it can fill your bucket nonetheless. And identifying yeah. companies, I think, especially now, finding companies that align with your, you know, passions. how you feel and what your passions are. And I think you're able to find little pieces of that even if you can't go for, like, the big one, the one that's doing all of the work, so... You know what? And just to that point, Marissa and I say this all the time, you can't find the dream job you find the dream in the job, right? So while you're working in your day job, you're supporting these other companies and you're finding the things that fill you up. Yeah. And even if you're not gonna end up going to work for them, you can still support them, share, you know, shine light because isn't that what positive energy breeds good energy, right? So absolutely, if you can shine light on them, then that could potentially change something else that could. Yeah, and iSims, when I first started there, their biggest thing was like, you know, lowering our footprint and using recycling and don't print anything out. And I came from this HVAC company that was around You're for a like hundred years and they print my boss, my boss printed out every email she ever got. And it was yep. just like, so going to iSims where it was like, no, like minimize what you're doing. And it's just really, it's, it's good. And it helps keep you engaged. I love that. Anybody else have anything to share before we open for questions? I don't think mine, mine's is going to be kind of... Alone. Nothing's lame. <laughs> Nothing's lame. It's not like a company, but honestly, my dream... Marshalls. Is, 
No, it's, <laughs> I was going to say Beyonce. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> it's the whole embodiment of Beyonce as the person, the brand, the everything. Yeah. Do you like, need us to get information? I'm just um, wondering. No, yes, <laughs> obviously. Because I know, I know we can do it. Do um, you see? Um, that will be for later. Okay. Um, but, you know, for me, I, you, my coworkers know, like, I, my day is like, um, what would Beyonce be doing at this moment? Yeah, um, I actually, I actually have the plaque in my. Yes, what would Beyonce do? What would Beyonce do? I also do? have a plaque, but now that we're like remote, it's kind of tucked away. But I also have that. But for me, Beyonce just solidifies the whole thing. The whole thing, like she walks into a room and she's a boss, but she's kind. You know, she knows how. She knows what she wants. She focused, and for me, it's just like. Oh my gosh, that's who I want to be. And it just drives me. And that's why I think in my head, I'm like, okay, Jaquisha, you're doing great, but what's next? Because yeah. it's like, you don't want to stay stagnant because Beyonce would never stay stagnant. Yes. So like, you know, you kind of keep pushing yourself. So she's really like my just dream crush for I love it. all of it. Same. <laughs> Rihanna too. Yes. I, when I moved love to the United States in 1997, uh, to Miami, uh, the first songs I started to learn, to learn English, were Jay-Z's, Beyonce. So I, I love this. I, I grew, that, can you pay my bills? Yes. Can you child, <laughs> absolutely. She knows my love of so Beyonce. I, it it I know floats around the works as well. And I'm going to the Renaissance tour. Obviously. <laughs> Any other crushes? You have a crush? I, I mean, no, no. Well, I have a crush. Um, I, I said it last week, uh, but I, I always wanted to give back, you know, to communities, especially minority women and girls. So I just joined this uh, organization in New York City called Six Thousand Troopers. Uh, it helps uh, homeless girls um, in New York, and basically, I'm gonna have a troop of girls that I'm gonna be inspiring and showing them what I do and hopefully giving them some hope for the future and giving back. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. So I'm, that's my crush right now. I, I think you should wear this jacket to one of those sessions. I will. I think I feel it. It feels right. It does. It does. I love this jacket. I love the jacket. Love the jacket. Go I mean, ahead. as far as me, I, off. I feel like I used to dream of working for like all the big tech companies and this current state of things, I think like many people with crushes get burned from yeah. that. And I think, you know, the biggest thing I've learned again, talking, going back to full circle on the journey stuff is like, no one's ever really benefited from chasing a crush. What you want to like really chase is like that long-term love. Mm -hmm. And I think in order to do that, you really just have to like assess over and over again as you evolve as a person and go through your career and figure out like what you want. You got to kiss a lot of frogs, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you got to, you got to. And I think, you know, I haven't had like the perfect career. Like I've worked for the wrong company and the wrong person that like sold me on a, a, a wrong dream, you know? And I think the big thing is to like just keep crushing until you like, but leave when you like find the right mm -hmm. thing. Like don't be afraid to, to change your careers. I had, there's a few companies I wasn't at very long, but clearly there's companies that I've been at a very long time. So I think the goal is to figure out what makes you happy and chase that and, and find your long-term love agree. for yourself. And you know what? I, I, I should so your say your crush too. is happiness. Yeah. Crush oh, is totally. happiness. I love that. 
And also, like, the exercise that we end up doing with people is, like, just because you have a crush on Louboutin, say, there's 20 companies that you could work for that maybe work with Louboutin or, like, somebody that worked for Louboutin went off and started this, and then all of a sudden your list becomes one to five to ten, and that's how we educate and counsel to start looking for jobs. And it's funny that you say that, because really, like, I would say my number one dream company would be Apple, creative, tech, um, just like the way that their mentality is and the products that they're building. And again, you can't really like dream it unless you can see it. And Apple is one of the investors in the company that acquired us. So That's now incredible. Apple, I work, I, you know, into some degree removed. Work like, for work, Apple, there you work go. For Apple. So, you know what? I, you are having a moment. <laughs> That's for sure. She's having a moment. It's her Beyonce moment. It is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I love what it did so I say much. when you walked in? I was like, congratulations. Thank you. I because appreciate it. Really, really it's incredible. all sinking in. It's all happening. <laughs> so first of all, I just want to thank all these incredible women for their time. Let's give everybody a round of applause. Thank you. Really incredible. Really, really inspirational. Thank you. Thank you. Um, stop. No. Um, see? Look, you got your standing O. You don't need to be Beyonce. You get a standing ovation. Thank you to Ming and Share Universe for doing our sound. Thank you to Bellworks for hosting this incredible night tonight and this all this amazing art. Feel free to obviously look around. But I wanted to take just a few minutes if anybody had any questions for any of our panelists, for all of our panelists. I didn't want to. Ooh, know, someone raised their hand fast. Ming, do you want to? How do you want to handle the um, mic? Here. Okay. All right, we got this. We got this. Careful, don't trip. Hello. Hi, can you hear Hi. me? Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Hi, I'm Danielle. Um, hi. So I do a lot of different stuff. I'm all over the place. But um, my question to you was, it was kind of brought up earlier. Um, I don't have a problem reaching out to people or meeting new people or telling them what I'm doing and then trying to link up and network. And the thing, though, is like, I'll, like say if I go to an event like this, I'll meet up with somebody and say, hey, you know, we should work together. And they'll be like, yeah, excited, da, da, da. But then when you reach out later, nothing, crickets. Or like, you try to follow up and it's nothing. So I just wanted to know, like, how do you, how have you guys handled that in the past? How do you deal with that? Like, cause I feel like I'm always trying to network with people and meet new people and stuff like that, but I never get a chance to really do that. I will take that for you. Is that okay? I don't, can everyone hear me without a mic? Yeah. Come on. I have three words. Never give up. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. However, chasing energy that doesn't suit you is not worth your time. Gotcha. Okay? See? Mm-hmm. There you go. Thank you. But what I wanted to say is sometimes when you put someone, if you're in sales, you're selling yourself, which I've been doing for a long, long time. <laughs> a long, a long time. time. When you are selling yourself, you have to understand that it might be your moment, but the person receiving, it's not their moment. Okay? So if you had a great conversation and the person showed you interest and it didn't feel like they were phony baloney, which is true sometimes, but if you can feel it, you just put it on your calendar to follow up again. And if you follow up like three times and say, hey, listen, 
when the time's right, I'm open for a coffee, my door's always open, the person will respond to you when the time is right. And if that person doesn't respond to you, you move your energy on to the next thing, no hard feelings, done the end. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've been trying to do. Like, I yeah. just do that pretty much. And some stuff has worked out for me, some stuff hasn't, but I just was wondering how you And the stuff that's it, supposed to work that. will work. Yeah, you okay. have to trust the universe, that's one. <laughs> but two, I'll add to that and say, so say, for example, you meet someone that's, I don't know, a production person at a video firm, right? And you're super inspired by them and you're like, you're like, this is, this is it. And then you don't hear from them. Okay. My advice is try to find someone else that does that job somewhere else. I was else. literally going to say. Like, okay, so you don't want to respond to me, but I'm now inspired by what you do and I'm going to find someone else that will reply to me. Right. And the same goes for, say, for example, you're following up on an opportunity or job and the person's not responding, then just Maybe find someone else that works at that company that you can follow up with. Maybe you have a shared interest. Maybe they went to your college. Maybe they're from your hometown. And you can make a connection with somebody else that's not a cold connection, that yeah. feels yeah. warmer than that follow-up that felt like it was warm in person, but it isn't necessarily showing you what you need to feel. So all in, trust the universe, but never give up. Just two, yeah. you know, unfortunate oxymorons. But also just if you, if you hit a roadblock... You, listen, you can only control what you can control. You can't control this person, whether or not they're going to respond. What you can control is how you react to it and right. switch the narrative and move on to someone else. Okay. And just take that energy and shove and put it somewhere else. I Shove it somewhere else. I feel your pain because I do that <laughs> all day, day every, day. every day. Yes, same. Um, working in business development, that is literally my job. Yes. Yeah. Is to reach out it's to, to people. It's to get doors closed in your face and then you reopen mm -hmm. them. Yep. It's to, hi, we met at an event. Hi, can I have 30 minutes, 15 minutes? And, you know, you have those people. You meet them at an event. You see everything seems so great. And then you following up and it's like crickets. But also, sometimes you have to take into consideration, too, because I am very guilty of this on the Safari Diversity side where people are reaching out to me. My inbox is a mess. It's, it's, it's a mess. So sometimes you have to go and find, like, so a lot of it, I'll either, if I can't get in touch with you on LinkedIn, you know, then I'll reach out on email or something like that. Um, so you have to find, and like you said, even go to different people in the company, because most of the time, if you pitch to them and they liked it, even if they're not in that role or yeah. in that position, if they liked it, they're going to be excited to tell it to the person because that's how I've gotten even Agreed. a lot of meetings as well. Um, just by, you know, talking to someone else mm -hmm. who is in nowhere near what I need. So but might share like a cubicle wall with the yeah, person that you do need. Just, they'll be like, oh, my God, like I know exactly who does this. This is who you need to talk to. And they'll say this is their email. How about you email them? And like, even though like this person probably doesn't even want you to have their email, but now you have it. So use that to your advantage. And like she said, if your energies aren't aligned, just, you know, you can follow up. See, sometimes it's even about following it up months later, because I just had someone respond to me from, I reached out in like December and they're like, I'm so sorry. Now my, I'm ready to, yep. my email is a mess. I, I must've looked, you know, passed by this and I am the same way too. Um, so sometimes it's about like, just marking it on your calendar for like three, four months later, just to say, Hey, you know, so, but you know, if, if that person is still not, you know, aligning with you and matching your energy, then there is a lot of business out there. Do not just spend your time on the one person. So I agree. Yeah. 
Does that answer your question? Yes. And thank you so much, ladies. First of all, I, one last thing I just want to say, this was like very inspiring to me. I wasn't actually supposed to be here. Somebody invited me out I'm so last glad minute. You came. And I was just like, yeah, I'll stop by. <laughs> so I'm really happy I came. This was so inspiring. You ladies are all looking beautiful up there. And I was so happy to hear your story. So that's thank all you. Guys you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah, we, uh, we got one more over here. Yes. Oh, our photographer has a question. Yes. Hi. You guys did great, by the way. Thank Uh, you. So I run my own social media marketing and photography business, right? And I'm 27. So a lot of male clients that I have will take advantage of me all the time when it comes to pricing, right? So I guess I would ask, like, how you guys go about situations like that where they try to say, Oh, you know, I'm just going to pay you this because I don't think it's oh. worth that much. Oh, right? oh. oh. Hella, so how do you go about that? Hella, <laughs> answer that one. I'm bringing you guys to my meetings. I mean, I would love to. <laughs> yes. Um, no. First, <laughs> so. yeah, I'm, a very, I'm a very positive person. Everybody knows that. But I'm really good at saying no. And those are the moments that you have to like know what you bring to the table and what you're doing and what you're delivering and it's a business That's period yeah. this is this is your proposal period right. no negotiation period bye wow. see you <laughs> period bye i love it i agree and, i mean no and if they say oh there's more photographers perfect bye right, go ahead. Take that. <laughs> I realize that's easier said than done, right? So it's hard yeah. to say no to business. You have to stay strong. Yeah. You do. You know, your you price have to is your know price. You deliver. Non-negotiable. Like, well, so- My team is, is, we're a paid service, right? So we are the type of service where if you're taking up too much of my team's time, I'm going to charge you for that. A lot of times my team feels really uncomfortable telling customers you have to pay me more. And I, you know, it's a really hard conversation. It's uncomfortable, especially when you're first starting out. But at the end of the day, you have to know your worth, right? Yeah. Your time is important and your art is important. Mm-hmm. They clearly came to you for a reason. And, and if they, they don't, yeah. if they don't want to pay you what you're worth, then they can go find someone cheaper who and, will do less. And if I might shame work. in again, um, in the creative world, especially there's this thing of how to like quantify your work, which is hard, but you have to you have to think like a business person too. It's beautiful to be creative. I'm very creative, but I also run a business and I have people who work for me. So I don't take that part lightly because that's how I can continue creating by making sure that my work, my time, my employees, my people are, you know, are are we're all in a happy place. We can be like you know, running around or doing things. So I definitely think you need to evaluate what you do. Be confident about it. Be realistic too. Don't be crazy, you know. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, be, be, be know what you bring to the table. And that's, that's confidence and that's great. And tell them. So like yeah. from, the, from the hiring side, I have to deal with people all the time that I like, you know, have to make a deal with to bring them on. And like, you want, I want to do that fair and I want to do that right. But I obviously don't want to misalign that with the market or the company, but like 
the thing that impresses me so much as a hiring manager with someone that's like, because you don't know, they don't know you. They haven't worked with you yet. So they don't really know your value. And so that's okay, but you can remind them. And so like when people are negotiating with me on an offer or things like that, like if they say, I want more money or this is like my price or whatever, like that doesn't really help us move anywhere forward. But if they reiterate like why they're worth an upcharge or why they're more like than the somebody facts, else, like, like Paula said, like know your worth is so important, but like, and, and Paula, like you can see it. Like she could be like, no, <laughs> but like if you were working with somebody and like they don't know all the work and all the experience you have and the perspective and the lenses and the technology, like you just lay it out for them and say, because of all this, this is my price, you know, and, and I hope that you value those things yeah. and you want to work with me. I would love to work with you. But like because of all these wonderful things that you know that they want because they came to you, you're telling them, like, if you want all these things, this is the price and I'd love to work with you. And then just leave it on the table. Yeah. And I one thing more. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, treat your brand as gold. Yeah. That's how you make sure you're you are. They're looking for Nicole because of this. Nicole gives this, you're not just any photographer, you give this uniqueness, branding, so branding and all of that is super important nowadays. And I want to say one thing. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, Thank okay. you. As when you are an artist and also selling yourself, it's a really, or a solo entrepreneur, it's really difficult to mine that gap. So one of the easy, all these things are terrific, but I'm going to give you an actual tangible thing you can do. Don't talk money in the first meeting. Send a follow-up email so that it gives you a boundary so you don't have to be bullied live and then hate the guy, okay? Because the truth is, there might be room for you in budget if you have an emotional connection to something or if you want to do something on your own, and that's your private decision. But you should not have to be, forgive the phrase, emasculated in person talking dollars when in truth you can actually say and all of us that are as solo entrepreneurs or have been entrepreneurial can say this with confidence you can say you know what i don't do this in the meeting i'm going to follow up with you i'm going to have my team write you a proposal and we'll be good i don't care if you have a team or not have the team do it quote unquote the team writes the team, you a proposal so it gives you a moment to breathe Okay. Buy yourself at the moments. Yeah. Uh, buys your buys you uh, buys you a moment to breathe, and then you can choose whether or not you're going to do business with that person or not. Done. And I would just add, honestly, men are very bold to be firm with what they want. So why not be bold and say no? I, that is no. not my. I am not cutting a deal to you. I feel like as women, we're so timid and we're so afraid. And I had to learn that too. Like. I'm at the table and I'm so afraid to speak up because you have all these people there. But at the end of the day, like if you guys are saying what you want to say, I'm going to say it too. If they're bold enough to try to tell you what your price is going to be, you need to be bold enough to say, no, those are not my prices. This is my price. Yeah, and you, you either take it or you leave it. I feel like we as women are always telling ourselves we have to be nice and gentle when men come at us with firmness and this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So you need to, I feel like we need to step into our, this new world of, look, I'm not backing down from you. I'm just as important. This is my business. If you want it, you can come and pay my prices. If you don't, 
there's others. Sorry. So and, and it's a relationship too. Yeah. So you want people who value, who who want. Yeah. The, you don't want someone who's the right. me. Right. The, right. Yeah, and saying like all of you to my meeting tomorrow. You're all coming. <laughs> <laughs> we're all coming, and we'll, follow, we'll send a follow-up note yeah. too. So, so we're moving, are we moving to Barbella now? Yes. 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 Does anybody have one last question before we go? Is there another question? Any questions? That was a good mic drop. Yes? <laughs> anybody else? Was that it? <laughs> well, this has been a phenomenal evening. Thank you to Paula and Brooke. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being here. To our lovely audience. To our brave souls that spoke up. Honor and a privilege. Follow us at the Dreamcatchers. 23. 23. And Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> and come to Want more from the Dreamcatchers? Check us out. www.thedreamcatchers.life. In the spring of 2020, we launched the Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light. Everybody's looking for something.